Hey, welcome to Therapy Thoughts. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor. I own Mindful Counseling in Orem, Utah, and I'm here to help break down mental health stigma. I'm a psychology teacher and passionate women's advocate. Therapy Thoughts is a podcast all about helping you love your body, love yourself, love your relationship with food, finding balance with your mental health, and learning all the tips and tricks in this psychology world. So let's discuss my thoughts as a therapist and how to help you be your best self. What's up, Therapy Thoughts fam? This is episode 30 of the Therapy Thoughts podcast. Coming at you live from Utah, this is Tiffany Rowe, and you know, I got a podcast itch, and I don't see it ending anytime soon. The stakes are so high in our world right now, and I'm here to give you some resources and support. Um, If you don't have access to mental health care, remember my courses are on TiffanyRowe.com, and you can learn mental health skills and tools to help you right now. Courses like mindfulness, body image, intuitive eating, self-care, perfectionism, and emotional regulation, and, and many more. So check those out. Today, I am talking to you about my philosophy, the mantra of all mantras, feel, deal, heal. You've probably heard me say that phrase before. I want to dive deep. I want to dig into it with you. What does feel, deal, heal mean? Uh, How do we do those steps? What's the whole point? Uh, Let's jump right in. There's no cool story to tell you about Feel, Deal, Heal or how that emerged. It just kind of came to me one day. Uh, Maybe it's the source. Maybe it's just my ex-writer mind liking rhyming and alliteration and coming up with catchy things. But Feel, Deal, Heal is a way to approach mental health. Uh, It's a philosophy of changing your relationship with emotions, taking on feeling emotions, making peace with emotions, making peace with your mind. And it's a protocol for healing. So I wanted to break down each step with you, how to do feel, deal, heal, how to apply that in your everyday life. So step one, feel, feeling. This is something I talk a lot about on Instagram where I hang out. Feeling, why is it so hard Why do we suck at feeling? Well, we're socialized to avoid emotion. Emotion is, you know, told to be suppressed or avoided or numbed early in our lives. Uh, I've talked about this on my stigma episodes on the Therapy Thoughts podcast. But the idea that emotion is to be avoided or only certain emotions are appropriate or welcome in our culture um, has led most of us to have a uh, aversion to feeling So, so often in the therapy room, I sit with clients and we talk about feeling and they say, how, how do I feel? I can't feel anything. And so there's a lot that goes into this. It sounds simple, but I mean, let's just consider the biological, physical ability to feel. One, if you're restricting food intake, for example, your hunger cues are going to be numbed out and that's going to affect your entire system. It's going to be difficult to feel, period. If you've dis- disconnected from your cues of hunger, fullness, if you ignore yourself on an ongoing basis, it's it may be near impossible for you to feel emotion, to feel anything. 
Same as if you have been numbing out for extended periods of time. Do you use drugs and alcohol to avoid? Do you work compulsively? Do you use numbing behaviors on a continual basis? If you are um, you know, habituated to avoidance of emotion, they may be numb. You may not feel. You may be living in a state of, of apathy and, and numbness. And so if you can't feel, we start way, where we are. We kind of recognize, well, this is a survival mechanism. My body is just surviving. My brain's surviving. And we can rev up these cues. So if you're not eating or if you're a chronic dieter and you've ignored your hunger cues for so long, how do we get them back? We eat. We eat regularly. We help our body build trust in ourselves. And so I'm going to tell you to do the exact same thing with your feelings. We feel regularly. We connect to the emotions on an ongoing basis. So I'm going to say every two to three hours, feel. Check in with your feelings. We're trying to turn back on our emotional cues, very much like our hunger cues. You got to eat regularly. You have to eat a variety of foods. So I want you to feel regularly. Feel a variety of feelings until your cues jump back in, until your mind and body are connected and they feel safe. You know, it's funny, as I'm talking about this, I'm realizing how much goes into it. There's a lot I could say, so I'm, I'm, I might be jumping around here. So make attempts to feel. How do you do that? Start by journaling. Journaling every day, journaling for small amounts of time, journal for three minutes, it doesn't matter. Start writing to get more than just thoughts happening. Start meditating. Sitting in silence, sitting and intentionally trying to channel emotion is going to be a powerful way to reconnect and get out of the numbness and build a sense of safety. Building safety is a big part of this. You may have trauma, which has been part of your numbing from emotion. So getting safe and making sure your body is not just, you know, physically fed, but physically safe. Are you in a safe environment? Do you have shelter? Do you have clothing? Are you in a place of emotional or physical abuse or neglect? But then just internal safety, breathing, making yourself in a safe space physiologically, relaxing, sleeping, taking your medication. There's so many things that go into, hey, it's safe for me to be vulnerable. It's safe for me to heal. So make sure you're doing all of these components to just set the stage for feeling. My, my probably top recommendation for feeling is going to be mindfulness. Whether you are a super feeler and you feel flooded by emotion and it's hard to regulate emotion or you're numbed out and unable to access emotion, mindfulness is an, a really powerful way to channel the emotion and to feel intentionally and safely. Because mindfulness says just pay attention to this moment without judgment. And so whether you're numb, whether you're flooded, whether you're very emotional, not emotional, wherever you're at, mindfulness just says, hmm, notice that. Interesting. You observe that and start to become conscious and aware of what your state is. Now we're not coming in hot saying, what? what's wrong with me? This is bad. I shouldn't feel this way. This is wrong. What we don't want to do is freak out our emotional connection attempts with judgment or labeling. What we want to do is just notice like, oh man, this is where I'm at. I'm kind of numbed out or like, wow, I'm really flooded. So mindfulness just allows you to check into this whole process without threat, without judgment and just saying interesting. And then that gives you 
you know, a, a home base. What's homeostasis? Where are we starting at? Um, and we go from there. So using mindfulness is a great way to start feeling. If you tune into episode one of the Therapy Thoughts podcast, or if you're on my Instagram, you can hear a meditation I just did this week, leading you through a mindfulness activity of how to feel feelings. I think that's a great um, companion to this episode. I encourage you to do a mindfulness body scan where you're finding sensation in your body and getting to know it, getting to make friends with it, observing it, describing it. So you can find those activities um, here on episode one of the Therapy Thoughts podcast or check out my newest uh, meditation over on Hey Tiffany Rowe on Instagram. But feeling is an ongoing process. You can't just do it once. Okay, this isn't a checkbox. You can't just do it once a week in therapy. It's ongoing, continual checking in. So the best example I can think of is like you're walking around, living your life in your house, answering calls, getting ready, and you're in your kitchen and you you stop in the middle of your day and you do an emotional check-in. You know, it's like you put your fingers on your neck pulse and you get a pulse. How am I doing? What do I need? Am I taking emotional inventory? Maybe you set an alarm on your phone that goes off every two to three hours saying, I need to check in emotionally. I need to intentionally feel and fill myself up. So the feeling, how do we do this? I mean, we set the stage, we get safe. We're trying to channel emotion. We're welcoming it. We're getting interested in it. We eliminate numbing behaviors and we start to engage and ask. And then the actual feeling part is locating sensation in your body and feeling it, welcoming it. And you do that by observing it and describing it. Is there this like anxiety in your chest that's like choking and twisting and it's super heavy instead of saying, no, I don't want to feel this and shoving it away. You say, interesting. I noticed the twisting. I noticed the choking sensation. And you know, our, our biological default is to say, don't feel this, push it away because we don't want to be uncomfortable. We avoid pain. But in this in this attempt to feel, deal, heal, and to make peace with emotion and to like change your mental health game, I'm going to ask you to lean into that and to say, okay, wow, this is how I experience anxiety. There's nothing wrong with feeling this. I'm just noticing it. I'm going to let it be. So the mantra, the face tattoo we all need is it's okay. It's okay to feel this. So that's all you do when you feel that anxiety in your chest. The feel component is do nothing. Feel it. Let it be there. Don't push it away. Don't resist it. Don't contort. Just kind of get your binoculars out and observe the emotion inside your body and say, it's okay to feel this. That's going to take me into deal step two, but let's take a quick break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. We covered feel briefly. Let's talk about deal. Now that you're feeling emotion in your body, making it safe, relaxing, inviting sensation, saying it's okay, how do we deal with that? One, I want you to think about dealing on a spectrum. Not all emotion is experienced the same. So imagine you have this spectrum, this hierarchy of motion on a scale of one to 10. 
10 being the most intense experience of emotion you've ever had, one being absence of it. Each of us has this spectrum, and I like to use this language with clients. Where are you on the spectrum? Are you a 10 out of a 10? Are you like having a straight up panic attack? Are you hyperventilating? Are you unable to even be logical at all because you're in hella emotion right now? Are you down at a one, completely logical, not much happening? And at any given moment, we're taking that pulse of our emotions and we're saying, here I am, maybe I'm a seven, maybe I'm a 7.5. And it's really helpful to kind of understand your emotional language and where you are on the spectrum so that any given time you can say, well, if I'm a 10, I know what that means for me. If I'm a five, if I'm a one, I understand my emotions and how to deal with them. So this is a good feel, deal, heal activity. Make an emotional hierarchy. So one, one through 10, what's that like for you? Write the sensations, the thoughts, and the feelings that accompany all of your emotions on this hierarchy, the spectrum. But then the deal part, what do I do at each place on this hierarchy to cope with this emotion, right? So if I'm a 10 out of a 10, let's say anxiety, If my anxiety is as high as it's ever been, I'm probably panicking, I'm in crisis, I may be flooded with all kinds of sensations and thoughts and feelings. So I want you to come up with coping skills and behaviors and tools that are appropriate when you're a 10 out of a 10. I'm not going to make any big life decisions when it's a 10 out of a 10, y'all. What I'm going to do is bust out my 10 out of a 10 coping skills. I also like to think of this, you know... Like a 10 out of a 10 is as extreme as it gets for you emotionally. Don't use a one coping skill. Like don't sing songs or like color something. (laughs) I used to work in residential treatment and we would laugh about this all the time. Like teaching the teens coping skills and being like, sing twinkle twinkle little star, like color. Things that none of us are going to do when we're a 10 out of a 10. When you're a 10 out of a 10, we got to pull out the big guns and use more coping skills. Use all the arsenal you have. Use everything you got to de-escalate so you can get to a point where it is manageable. When we're in crisis, when we're in straight up trauma, when we are physiologically numbed out because something is too intense, we have to do quite a bit to de-escalate. And you may be saying, "Well, well, what's the point of feeling if you're just trying to calm the feeling down? So think of it like this. Like if you're a seven to 10 on your hierarchy, it's very hard to cope. You're physiologically flooded. You're overwhelmed. We can't think logically. It's hard to do anything. A lot of us at that point are in fight, fight, freeze, or fawn. We're frozen. We're running away. We're numbing naturally. We're just trying to please others. We don't know what to do. So it's like, We want you to feel, but we can't always feel if it's unsafe or the emotions are so strong. We're not going to be able to do something that is, um, you know, productive, like have an assertive conversation at that point. So feeling and dealing includes using skills that help deescalate emotion or distract temporarily to help you cope. So there's a difference between distraction and avoidance. So if you're a 10 out of a 10, avoidance might be, I'm going to get hammered. I'm going to do something that numbs me out and I'm never going to revisit this. Let me be crystal clear. I'm not an advocate of avoidance. I am an advocate for distraction. The two are different. Distraction is a skill that we intentionally use to de-escalate super high emotions that are making us unable to function and bringing it down to a place like a five or a six on your scale where we can cope. We can have an assertive conversation. We can reach out and ask for help. 
We can utilize, you know, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social skills when we're not completely flooded by emotion. So distraction and de-escalation and regulating emotion is dealing. Because you're checked in knowing, dang, I'm so high on my emotion scale. What can I do to cope with this emotion and get it to a point that is manageable? Feeling, dealing, healing isn't just living at a 10 out of a 10 of anxiety all day, every day. That's not the point. The point is for you to have a good relationship with emotion and to not harm yourself or others, to not avoid it, and to have it be a normal part of life. It's waves. We can't avoid the big waves, but if you don't know how to surf, it's not going to help you. So you're learning to surf, you're learning to cope, you're learning how to de-escalate when you need to distract to bring your emotions down to a place that's manageable. So this is kind of the context for understanding dealing. Sometimes you need distraction skills. I got to take a break and that might be Netflix, y'all. Now, 10 hours of Netflix might be numbing you out. So you're going to have to take a pulse on yourself. Am I numbing or nurturing? Is this helping me deal or is this leading me to avoid? There's no judgment there. And shoot, dude, maybe 10 hours of Netflix right now is exactly what you need. You're going to be the one who knows, you know, this is subjective. So understanding, like, do I need to distract or do I take this on right here, right now? And that's going to be something like I'm going to set a boundary I'm going to do a full-on exposure right now. I'm going to expose myself to this emotion head on. And I'm going to like do some inner child work. I'm going to do a visualization. I might be journaling through this. Am I in a place where I can kind of do so safely? So you get to understand what it is that you need at every place on your scale and utilize those skills. Um, my emotional regulation course has a whole outline that lets you fill out a emotional hierarchy. If you want some assistance, I give you an example of how to do that. Um, this takes some time. You know, I do this all day, every day with folks for a living. And when I filled out my own emotional hierarchy, it took me a good hour to even just come up with like one through 10. And what's that mean? And what's that look like? And how am I going to cope with each stage? Um, so do not be disappointed. And if you're, if you are, uh, struggling with this. This is challenging. This is a new language. It might take quite a bit of time to kind of explore and leave it open-ended. How do I deal with emotions? Now, uh, you can you can come to my office at any time and I, ha- I would hand you a packet that comes with 101 coping skills. That's dealing. What are coping skills? There's hundreds, hundreds upon hundreds of things you can do to deal with with the emotions in your life, not avoid them, not suppress them, not numb them out and, and, you know, live, live in a state of, of avoidance. So I can't list all of those things, but I encourage you to think, to talk to people around you, to brainstorm, to come up with things that might support you and always use these kind of guideposts of what are physical things to deal, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, get creative. I'm a big fan of, uh, dance therapy um, because it's a really fast way to channel dopamine. And I recently talked about this on Instagram that we cannot engage our prefrontal cortex. We cannot think rationally, logically, um, or do really you know intentional coping skills with when we are in high anxiety or stuck in a trauma narrative. And the neuroscience tells us that what we need to do is to have a potent 
and novel experience that will trigger dopamine in order to get through kind of these emotional neural pathways and use our logical thinking brain again. So what that says is before you can start using, you know, cognitive skills and challenging your thinking errors and like coming up with good solutions or coming up with problem solving or decision making, we neurologically are incapable of doing that without interrupting anxiety and trauma. So how you do that again is with a potent novel experience that will trigger dopamine. And again, there's hundreds and hundreds of ways to do that. Dancing to a song you love will do that because it's potent. It's strong. When you are like dancing as hard as you can and dropping it and feeling the vibration of the music and laughing and singing, that's potent and it's novel because you don't do it over and over every day. You're not habituated to it. So I want you to come up with things that you can do that will help trigger the prefrontal cortex, give you a rush of dopamine and help you interrupt trauma and anxiety neuropathways really cool what our brains can do. Potent, novel, dopamine, triggering experiences are how we can interrupt and deal and help our brains integrate and not get stuck in trauma. Again, man, talking about this feel, deal, heal, there's so much more we could say. Um, But at the end of the day, it's like the intention is to feel emotion because there is no numbing out of emotion long term. It stores in our body. It manifests as physical and mental distress and illness. Um, they will grow. Our bodies will carry the burden. We literally have research that's showing us, you know, heart disease, high blood pressure, stress, illness, all of these things can be a result from suppressed emotion. Um, and so we want to feel because that's best for our mental health. And we want to learn all the skills to do that. Just like if you're nourishing your ment- your physical health, how are we nourishing mental health? And so feeling and dealing are a big part of that. Um, I hope you're getting some ideas from this. Let's take one more break here for a sec. This episode is sponsored by me, Tiffany Rowe. Check out tiffanyrowe.com where you can get a hold of all of my online courses on topics like mindfulness, self-care, body image, introduction to intuitive eating, emotional regulation, perfectionism, and more. Check out those courses, tiffanyrowe.com. You can also access my merch, Therapy is Cool merch, Feel, Deal, Heal merch over on tiffanyrowe.com. You can also make sure to attend all my events there at that hub. At tiffanyrowe.com, you can hear about where I'm speaking, get into my dance parties, learn updates about my podcast, and check out the blog and see what's happening over on Instagram. So courses, merch, events, everything you need for your mental health game, tiffanyrowe.com, y'all. So we're feeling, we're dealing, and let's talk about healing. Feel, deal, heal. Uh, This may be the coolest slash most disappointing part of feel, deal, heal. Let me just cut to the chase. The goal here is not to eliminate emotion. The goal here isn't, well, if I feel and deal enough, like, then I'll be healed and I won't have to feel and deal anymore. Um, Sorry, y'all. The point is to make peace with emotions and to accept that emotions happen, to accept that we are unable to avoid or eliminate emotion in our life. We cannot selectively numb emotion and function. Uh, So the goal here is to hang on tight for the long haul and to integrate our pieces, to live a holistically connected life, being conscious, being awake, not suppressing these parts of ourselves, not ignoring our emotionality. 
the very thing that makes us alive, this consciousness, this feeling, this makes us human. And really starting to wrestle with the fact that, wow, it's okay to feel. Shoot, it's good to feel. And I am now learning skills on how to deal with that. And that is healing. That's kind of the surprise at the end of all of this. There's no big magic pill. I'm just saying that that's what's healing. What's healing us is feeling and learning how to deal with emotions and not run away and hide and shrink and avoid being our true selves. Being you is your purpose and feeling is being you. Dealing is being you and healing is an ongoing process. Healing is the constant journey of learning and unlearning. We all have so much to figure out and so much to reconcile in this world where we've been told who we are, how to think, what to believe, what's right, what's wrong, what's good, what's bad. I mean, shoot, just think about diet culture. All of us are like these fish. We're born in water. We don't even know we're in water. That's diet culture. There's so much unlearning around us when it comes to something just that, just one cultural norm about body weight and dieting and calories. There's so much to unlearn there. And in that unlearning, there's so much healing as we learn to like reclaim our rights to listen to our bodies and to eat food and to not hate ourselves. I mean, shoot, we could pick any, you know, number of influences in this world and look at all the unlearning and learning that has to happen there. That's healing. So sorry, there's no finish line. It's continually showing up every day and saying, I faced that and I can face this next. And, you know, there's something I call therapy shame. I constantly see this probably because I work with a lot of perfectionists. But this therapy shame is like when people have been in therapy for so long and they inevitably have this point where they're like, dude, why do I still struggle with this? When is this going to be over? I've been in therapy for X amount of years or I've done X, Y, and Z. I've done this workshop and seminar and I've read everything and people get frustrated, right? Like how come this isn't gone? And I call it therapy shame because we expect ourselves to become immortal at some point or to not struggle or to like have elimination of problems. And I'm not saying saying healing doesn't sometimes look like, you know, main problems aren't there anymore. I'm evidence. I'm fully recovered from an eating disorder. I have no signs or symptoms of bulimia, anorexia, or orthorexia. So sometimes healing is absence of a certain struggle. But folks get this this therapy shame because they're like, shoot, why do I still struggle with things? Healing does not mean we don't get to be human anymore. Healing doesn't mean, oh, you never struggle again. Because life is constantly shifting, right? So like right now, we're in a literal pandemic, worldwide crisis, all of us are having a pivot and a shift and maybe things that have been pretty stable or unchecked in your life are resurfacing in new ways. Maybe your relationship with food is being really challenged. Your relationship with your partner is really challenged. Your own mental health. Maybe you're having a resurgence of old triggers or emotions or, you know, maladaptive or unhelpful coping skills. That's what happens. Things happen in life like a pandemic, death, grief, moving, job loss, like transition naturally triggers the need to reassess because now we have a new landscape to practice the skills and the healing you've done. So even if you have, you know, hypothetically healed, whatever that would mean, new landscapes, new seasons, 
new parts of your life, changes in life will shift things and you're going to have to re get your bearing. And so healing is an ongoing learning, relearning, unlearning, adjusting appropriately, like getting your compass in the right direction after big transition and change. And so get, let's get our minds right that the point here is to feel, deal, heal always, to not run away, to not avoid, to learn how to take on life and to live it, to live wholeheartedly, to, to change the mental health game and no longer live in shame and guilt and perfection. We're just trying to show up and be our best self. So healing is ongoing. There's little wins of like, wow, I didn't lose my cool when this trigger happened and I used to, or I was able to set this boundary. I was able to stand up for myself. Oh, wow. I challenged that bully in my head. I had kindness. Wow. I had self-compassion. Wow. I validated myself. All of these things are evidence of healing, but they're the dealing, right? That's us dealing with emotions, but with that comes healing. So that's the philosophy. Feel, deal, heal, y'all. And uh, I'm here for it. You know, when I was suffering from an eating disorder, you know, 13 plus years ago, um, the eating disorder was a way to avoid and numb and to control and cope. But it just, it caused suffering and obsession in my life. It, it, it didn't work, though it promised to work, to relieve me of struggle. Um, I'm healed from that, but I still every day have to face anxiety, thoughts, feelings, and cope. So I know this work matters. I know it helps. I have learned to feel, deal, heal instead of rely on, you know, this disorder, to rely on dieting, to rely on body as a sense of, of mattering in this world and instead making peace. Um, so I really believe in this work. I've seen it work for tons of my clients. Um, hopefully I'm going to write a book on it so we have more than a 30 minute podcast, right? That That's the goal. Um, but for now, here's, here's the beginning steps. My best course to do this with you to teach you more about feeling, dealing, healing is that emotional regulation course, because it helps you map out your emotions on emotional hierarchy. And it gives you tons of coping skills and tools to use. Um, I would couple that with mindfulness and self care for kind of the, the triple threat of, of feeling, dealing, healing. Um, I'm going to be releasing a feel, deal, heal course. Um, I just threw my first retreat and it rocked. It was pretty, it was pretty powerful. Um, and I thought we were going to be able to go around the world and do these retreats, but until, you know, things settled down, I wanted to create a virtual option. So stay tuned on that. I'll keep you posted on when you can access that and get my field deal heal workbook. The beginnings of a book folks that's coming down the pipeline. Okay. Field deal heal. My friends, may you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well.